the economic war room, we deal with so many issues, politics, economics, national security. When we talk investments, too often we're having to explain the stupid things that Wall Street is doing against your values. In so many ways, your money has been weaponized against you. Our solution is to train financial advisors who can help you navigate this minefield. The good news, you are not alone. There's a new investment company that offers a family of funds, ETFs, separately managed accounts that are designed to support rather than destroy your values. Let me read from their website. Second Vote Advisors believes in the common sense notion that companies focused on profits will produce better returns for their investors than companies focused on a leftist political agenda. Libertarians, conservative Americans, Reagan Democrats, and people of faith no longer have to compromise their values for a return on investment. Second Vote Advisors is the first and only investment company offering socially conservative investment products that allow investors to align their values with their investments. That's music to my ears. So what we did is we brought in the co-founder and the CEO of Second Vote Funds into the economic war room, and I'd like to welcome my friend Dan Grant. Dan, welcome. Yes, yeah, nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Dan, tell us, what does second vote mean? Well, your first vote is at the ballot box, and your second vote is how you use your money. And we started second vote research years ago to educate consumers on what companies are doing with their advocacy and their philanthropy. And we started second vote investors to basically do the same thing in the investment universe. All right. Well, in the economic war room, we like to talk about the, the bad, the good, and the beautiful. I mean, Clint Eastwood had the good, the bad, the ugly. We, we like to start with the bad, then come up with some solutions for it, and then say, hey, if we do the right thing, what's the beautiful future look like? Second vote, I think you've got a part in that. I mean, we talk about the bad all the time, but let's hear your perspective. Woke Wall Street, uh, all of this crazy stuff they're doing. Tell us what's bothering you and what you've noticed out there that people need to be aware of. Sure. Thank you. Um, I think most of your listeners have, have understood that social justice activism of corporations are really infringing on people's individual rights. And this activism is, is couched in terms like ESG investing or stakeholder capitalism. And you know, I'm just going to take two minutes, explain what stakeholder capitalism is and why it's becoming such a, an issue. So stakeholder capitalism is an economic theory that says companies are not run solely for the benefit of generating shareholder value, but for the good of all stakeholders. So for the good of the environment or the good of the community at large. The problem is who is defining good? Uh, the, the main proponents of stakeholder capitalism are people like Klaus Schwab of the Economic Forum, the Business Roundtable. It's the Davos crowd and their definition of good does not align with that of conservatives and libertarians. So if you believe in the first or a second amendment and it should be applied equally to all, if you are a pro-life, if you are not a climate alarmist, stakeholder capitalist management teams are taxing you as a shareholder to fund an agenda that you would not agree with. And I wanna step back and say, I, I, we are not sticking sticks in the mud. Um, Milton Friedman himself said, companies should focus on generating profits within ethical custom. And ethical custom in my mind means traditional charity. So feeding the hungry, helping the sick, the poor. Twitter dumping Trump 
Amazon dumping parlor, that is not traditional charity. That is social justice engineering. And that is the problem that we're seeing out there. We're seeing these companies uh, that are actually hostile towards 50% of the country. They're hostile to conservatives. And they're hurting their brands, their cash flows, and ultimately their stock prices. You can look at any of the recent examples. You can look at Coca-Cola. You can look at Delta. Um, how many companies over the past month alone have hurt their their brands, hurt their standing in the conservative community by speaking out on issues that are not traditional charity? Um, so that that's the problem as we see it. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, at least 74 million uh, people voted for Donald Trump. I mean, that's a huge base for a company to throw away. I don't want you as customers. You know, we had a slightly different take, but it aligns perfectly. And I agree with everything you said, but I had my friend, Dr. Eric Davidson. He's at Baylor University, a finance professor. Even if they did have good intentions in this whole woke investing thing, even if the intentions were good, he likened it to a basketball team that focused solely on rebounding or focused solely on defense or solely on shooting. He said, you know, basically, Milton Friedman had it right. The profit motive has to take into account all of those issues. If you have proper government regulation and you have an informed uh, consumer, basically, you can't abuse the consumer as a stakeholder and make a profit. You can't abuse your employees and make a profit. You can't abuse the environment and make a profit. You'll get caught in all of those areas and it'll destroy your ability. But the profit motive kind of keeps score and it, it kind of sums up all of that. So even if the motives are good, stakeholder capitalism doesn't work nearly as well as shareholder capitalism. But now what you're saying is a lot of times those motives aren't even good. Well, I, you know, I, I would argue that it, it, the people that are doing it feel it's good, you know, and a good part of the country may think it's good, but who is defining the good? And if you're wading into the argument of this is good, this is bad, you're not focused on your business. You're not focused on delivering a product to the consumer, to the investor. If you're entering into, I think this is good and therefore I need to save this issue, pick any issue, you have to understand there's going to be people on the other side of that issue. So as a manager, are you not better off just staying out of that? Uh, are you not better off focusing on producing your product, meeting consumer demand, and doing good personally, allowing the, the, your employees to do what they feel is good individually? Does it really have to be a collective effort led by a senior manager? And if you give the best results to the shareholders, they'll have more money that they can do good from their individual perspective. Now, I agree with you totally, and I think it lines up with what Dr. Davidson says. Focus on the business. All of those things are important. Take care of your employees, take care of your customers, take care of the environment. All those things are important. But the bottom line is to produce the bottom line. That's right. And in my world, in the financial services world, ESG investing is now the largest investment theme in the world. There, there's trillions of dollars backing this. Pretty much every existing asset manager and bank has fully bought in to the ESG theme. They are fully bought into social justice engineering. And that's why it, it really does take a new company like ours to step in and do what we're doing. 
We're going to have to take a break, Dan, but when we come back, I want you to get into exactly how Second Vote does it differently. the hot button regarding how out of touch Wall Street and corporate America really are with Main Street and what Americans want. Everybody sold out to this ESG agenda, environmental, I say social justice and governance. And it's an agenda that really runs contrary to Main Street values. It's not what people want. So we know the problem. Let's talk about some of the solutions. Dan, tell us about Dr. David Black and Second Vote Research and where it started and what it does today. Sure. Uh, Second Vote Research started in 2012. Dave went to the grocery store with his wife, Diane, and as they were checking out, they asked him for a donation to a charity, which he gave. And when they walked out, Diane asked him, why did you donate? That charity donates a lot of money to Planned Parenthood. And David and Diane are very strong pro-life supporters. And he was shocked. He couldn't believe that that charity would be doing that. And then he thought, well, what else don't I know? So he started Second Vote Research in order to rate companies on their advocacy, their philanthropy, uh, their lobbying efforts, their policies, and stated um, policies by management. So they, they created a rating system. It's one through five. If your company is, is rated a one or a two, you're either liberal or lean liberal. If you're a three, you're neutral. And if you're a four or a five, you're conservative. And that is what I consider a 21st century social screen. And it's, it's why Second Vote Advisors is very different than any of the other research companies out there. Uh, you can look at some of the, um, what, the biblically responsible funds and how they look at companies. And, uh, you know, let, let's compare our research to the Catholic community. If you look at the largest Catholic ETF, and the ticker is CATH, and you look at their top 10 holdings, that top 10 holdings are exactly the same as BlackRock's ESG fund. You know, it's, uh, it's Amazon, Google, Facebook, uh, you name it. And Catholics, they're, they're very strong on the pro-life issue. Um, so, so if you look at that ETF, we rated it. Seven of their top 10 main holdings rate a number one on the life issue. So if you're a Catholic you're a strong pro-life supporter, you go to the Catholic ETF because you want to invest conservatively, and yet that ETF is rated one and supporting an agenda that most Catholics wouldn't do on their own. So that is why the second vote research system goes a step beyond that. Um, 
it's, it's very different. And we've applied that uh, research to the invested dollar. Now, I'll tell you, if you look at the S&P 500, 73% of the companies in the S&P 500 rate a one or a two. 20, 73, then 27% rate neutral. None rate four or five on their composite scores. So if second vote rates on six issues and you average that out, there are no conservative companies. Really the best that you can do is hope for is neutrality on all issues. So what second vote research does is they rate on issues that conservatives care about. So if you're a conservative and you care about the second amendment issue, we rate companies on that. Now there are companies that can be a four or five on that rating system, but most are three and obviously most are ones and twos. So I, I, what I'm trying to say is that there are no conservative companies overall in the S&P 500. So you have to work with companies at the issue level. And that, that's what makes us different. Well, that's, un, that's understandable. You know, I worked for uh, Templeton for a long time, helped build their private client group, uh, mostly during the 1990s. And we had an investment philosophy and we had an investment pyramid. And back then, social screening was limited to no tobacco, no alcohol, uh, kind of, kind of no gambling. Uh, but it's really sophisticated today, and the left has weaponized it. It's really sophisticated on the left. You are making a huge difference in helping people screen companies on the basis of their values. Now, I pulled up the inverted pyramid that is, uh, that is the investment process. Uh, could you walk us through how you start with a universe of 1,500 stocks by market cap, and then you get down to the portfolio that you that you carry and monitor? Sure, yes. So we have um, two actively managed ETFs in the market right now. So one is a ticker symbol EGIS, and the other is LIFE, L-Y-F-E. And both of them are very similar. So let's just take the uh, Aegis, which is our Second Amendment fund. Uh, we have Second Vote Research has scored every component of the S&P 1500. And let's say, um, half of the companies are neutral to conservative on that scoring system. So half of the companies would be available for investment. Then what we do is we work with Art Laffer Jr. and Nancy Tangler at Laffer Tangler. They look at those 750 companies and say, okay, what's gonna make a good investment for our investors? So we are very focused on delivering top returns for our investors and maintaining um, credibility with the issue. And, and frankly, it's worked. So since inception, Aegis, for example, um, we launched it in November 18th. Through the end of the first quarter, it's returned 20.8% versus the S&P 500, 10.7%. And the Life Fund was up 13.9% versus 10.7%. So both funds have handily beaten the market which is, I think, further evidence that companies that focus on profits uh, are gonna do better. Yeah, um, now we gotta step in here, of course. Past performance does not guarantee future results. You know, all the things that I learned as a CFA and everything else, there's no promise of better results, but there's a theory that you might get better results if, you, if you're focusing on companies that wanna get the best bottom line. Yes. Yes. And, and the one thing I, I do want to say is Second Vote Research over the nine years has done a great job influencing companies, influencing charities. For, the, for example, that charity I mentioned earlier, 
David went back and said, hey, guys, you're, you're doing things that 50% of this country would not agree with. We're rating you. Here's your rating. It is now public. And there's 300,000 people that use that research. They started um, pinging the management of that charity, and they actually changed who they donated to. We've had, uh, they've had S&P 500 component companies call them wanting their scores changed, and they would change the scores once they stopped the actions. And we are applying that to the invested dollar. So if you look at our funds, you may say, you know what, Dan, that company in, in Aegis is not a conservative company. And I would agree. But I always like to say what President Reagan said. When people would go to President Reagan, they would say, why do you work with that person? He does not agree with us on all of the key issues. He would say, well, they're my 80% friend. And yes, they don't agree with me on this one or two key issues, but they're only my 20% enemy. And I would, I would say today, our, our fund is working with people that are our 20% friends and 80% enemies, but we're going to them. We're, we're going to them say, stay strong on this one issue, say the Second Amendment issue. Well, you know, that's a great start. We're gonna have to take another break. When we come back, I wanna get into the, what the future could look like once we implement your second vote philosophy across all investments. Dan, you're doing great work. You've got two funds out there, uh, one on Second Amendment, one on life. Uh, it seems like it's working well. You're going to be able to help influence Wall Street. Do you work with financial advisors? Well, we do. Um, they're an important part of what we're doing. Our funds are publicly traded, but we have products that are they're separately managed accounts. They're not registered securities. People can invest in those. Um, and we're trying to get the word out. Uh, you know, we're a relatively small fund. You know, we, uh, we launched only a few months ago. We've had, frankly, a great month. Uh, we've had a lot of earned media. I've been on um, Spicer & Co. and some of our advisory board members. Andy Puzner, for example, testified yesterday at the uh, Senate Banking Committee and then was on Fox News. So we we're getting the word out. But Really, we rely on financial advisors to, to hear the message, to understand our positioning. And if they agree with our ideology, we would love for them to uh, talk to their clients about our securities. Well, we're going to help you with that. One of the things we do in the Economic War Room is we train financial advisors through Liberty University. It's a partnership. Uh, so financial advisors can go on <clears throat> online, take a course and become NSIC certified, National Security Investment Consultant. We talk about national security being both uh, economic security, but also uh, against foreign enemies. 
And we, our intention is to train 10,000 financial advisors representing a trillion dollars of capital. And, and the ones that we've worked with so far, the first thing they say is, hey, that's great. I know what I don't want to do. Now tell me what I do want to do. And I think second vote is a real positive solution for that. I think if we work together, training the advisors and you all providing the, the uh, funds that they can use with their clients, we can help people weaponize their money and take America back. We want to go back to neutral in our corporations and we want to take America back to founding principles, free speech, uh, First Amendment rights, Second Amendment rights, and so forth. So let's talk. What does the picture look like? Let's say we're, we're five, ten years in the future and second vote is managing uh, $5 billion, have just a phenomenal five years. What, what, what will you be doing? What does America look like at that point? No, that, that's a great question. And, um, you know, like I said earlier, the reason we started this company is existing asset managers that have $5 billion today are influencing companies. Um, you can go to the largest uh, asset managers' websites. You can click on their webpage and you can find their stewardship team. And if you go to that and you see what their stewardship teams are doing, uh, one of them in particular talks about how they contacted 482 uh, corporate boards and management teams last quarter alone. And they contacted these people and were telling them that they need to start making progress towards hitting preset ESG metrics or they will be voted out. So these large asset managers are taking a uh, really social justice activism to a new level. They're telling companies, you can need to implement these ESG metrics. You need to talk to your suppliers, your vendors, and even your customers about what you're doing and get them on board. We are, we, I, even if we're $5 billion, we would never do that. You know, but I do want to be able to go to those companies and say, you are being influenced by everybody on Wall Street to do one thing. We would ask you to uh, remain neutral. We would ask you to consider doing something maybe polar opposite. And if that CEO then answers me and says, Dan, I, I hear what you're asking, we're not going to do that. We're, we're, we're not going to do what you're asking. We want to stay neutral. As a matter of fact, the other people that are calling me from the other side, I'm going to tell them the same thing. That, in my mind, would be a perfect outcome. We need to have a voice on Wall Street right now counteracting what all of these board of directors are hearing, and they're hearing it every day. You know, Bank of America uh, basically went in Georgia and said, this is a racist Jim Crow on steroids kind of thing. And then Moynihan, who is very left liberal leaning, uh, he heard from the other side and he backed up a little bit, didn't he? Yeah, that, that, well, that's my understanding and uh, that, that's great. Um, I, I hope that has some legs and it continues. I hope people understand that being neutral is actually probably a good thing. Um, I think it's good not only for the company and its profits, but uh, but good for um, the community at large. He wouldn't have done that if it weren't people like you and others that stood up and say, hey, Bank of America, you've got my client account, you've got my, uh, I, you know, I, I bank there, I write checks there, or I own shares. Don't go woke. And, and the problem is there's, you know, it's you and, and then and it's, you know, a hundred thousand others on the other side. But you've you've got a great start. I'm really proud of what you're doing. Well, well thank you. And we're, I mentioned we're a small company, but 
we've been able to attract top talent. My, my chief operating officer is Jane Cantor. She's the co-founder of ARK Investment Management with Kathy Wood. Al Newbert is our chief portfolio strategist. He led the development of the S&P 500 methodology and managed that for over 20 years. Our advisory board includes people like Dr. Kevin Hassett, um, uh, Andy Puzder, Dr. Mike Edelson, who is the former uh, chief economist of NASDAQ, uh, former chief risk officer of half of Morgan Stanley and former chief risk officer of the U- University of Chicago Endowment. We've got a great team of PhDs. And the reason these people are working with us is because they understand the mission. They understand, you know, there are 100,000 other asset firms on the other side of the street and their voices are loud and, and, and we need to be heard. No, it's great. Kevin Hassett in particular uh, I had the uh, opportunity to brief him and all of AEI when he was heading the economics for AEI before he went to work in the Trump administration. You know, that guy's a genius. He was chief economist for the Federal Reserve and chief economist for President Trump and so forth. He's a genius. And he even actually wrote a cover note on my book, Secret Weapon. Great guy. I mean, you have a phenomenal team. You know what you're doing in the investment world. I know. I used to be with John Templeton for 10 years. You're doing great work there. You understand the risks, the threat of ESG. You're promoting issues that matter to us. We talk about them in terms of liberty, security, and values. And we're training, like I said, 10,000 investment advisors, and you're helping us do our job better because when they come to us and say, okay, I know what I don't want to invest in, where do I want to put client money? You've got some ETFs that are ready-made, easy to go. What other ETFs do you hope to bring out? Well, that's a great question. We're going to be launching three more this year. One is a uh, gun fund. Um, It'll be a themed ETF. It'll be manufacturers, distributors of firearms and companies that support law enforcement. Uh, We have a First Amendment index fund that we hope to launch uh, and a a couple of others that um, we're still working on. Um, But it's exciting times for us. We've got a team that is very um, experienced in developing these types of securities. And the thing I would say is there's nothing esoteric about what we're doing. These are mid and large cap companies. They're all U.S. equities, so no small caps right now. Um, and those are the companies that we're trying to own and, uh, and be a voice to. That's great. Thank you, Dan. It's phenomenal what you're doing. I think Second Vote is going to be a great ally in our economic war. They're pushing people back to neutral, which is a huge thing. To do that, you have to stand up for the proper principles of liberty, security, and values. Now, we're going to provide a link to Second Vote's website and our economic battle plan, and you can get a free copy of that at economicwarroom.com. Remember, what we see as a marketplace, our enemies view as a battle space. This is Kevin Freeman from the Economic War Room.